0: Welcome to the B&E podcast with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Welcome people. We are going to talk. <laughs> We're going to talk. <laughs> long and hard <laughs> about when it's a slog and a struggle. Yes. Sometimes, you know, being an artist isn't all glamorous. It isn't all fun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're stole away in your little apartment, studying lines, doing a little painting, and you hate it, or <laughs> but you gotta do it. Yep.
1: You're or writing, you're recording, and shit just isn't working. No it's not coming together the way that you want it to come together and everything seems to be fighting against you like sometimes it's on like it's in big ways a lot of times it's in little ways i think it was little ways this was kind of inspired by just today
0: yeah <laughs> pretty much all of these are inspired so.
1: yeah pretty much <laughs> but today was was particularly pertaining we're having uh, struggles with technology Yeah. Especially in terms of trying to get stuff done. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know, so why not talk about what do you do when that
0: starts happening? Seriously. (laughs) I hit a point today where, you know, I wasn't feeling, I haven't been feeling that well. I'm kind of on the recovery. I'm doing all right now, but earlier today, technology was not working. It was just working against me really, if anything. And I was at the point where I just wanted to give up. I wanted to go to sleep and I just kind of, we were just working and I was hanging in there. And then finally, finally, we kind of figured out our little problems and kind of just, and we had to do a lot of like little tiny detail things, you know? Yeah. Um, And this is the thing, you know, I I think a lot of the time when you're building something, you know, when you see the final effect, you know, it looks impressive, but, but a lot of time when you, when you cover all the little details, people don't notice all that stuff, Mm -hmm. but it's important. And I think when people don't take care of the little details, they kind of, You know, it kind of is underwhelming when it's finally released. So you know, we're kind of putting in that effort to try and like, you know, cover the little details and and stuff. And yeah, it's a bit of a slog. You know, yeah, a lot of repetitive work. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you're going back over
1: things and back over things and back over things again and again and again.
0: Yeah, and And then uh, there was power outage uh, just outside (laughs) the studio, so we had a truck for half the day just running. You know, big loud engine. Um, So, you know, we had to delay recording the podcast because it was literally coming in through the studio. Yeah. So, you know, these things they make, they make for challenges, but you kind of just have to hang in there really, I guess. Yeah. Hang in there. And I don't know. I think sometimes that
1: you have to, to almost follow those signs. Maybe there's something in that struggle and pushing up against something and pushing up against something or at times it's just a slight shift in direction, Mm -hmm. right? Like we had that, that noise, we couldn't record for hours because of, of the, of the sound. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's like, okay, well this is, you know, you take it as an opportunity to do some work on some other things, you know, on, on what you can, uh, work at. And sometimes it is awfully repetitive. Like I feel, like before we started recording, all I was doing was like copying and pasting. Yeah. (laughs) Copying and pasting and copying and pasting. And, and just, yeah, like all of this kind of, yeah. And it's, and, and you just sort of, you get into like this weird sort of slow slog Mm -hmm. of stuff and it's not the most inspiring kind of work to do, but there is a, it's,
0: there, it does have its own sense of rewards. I think it does. You know, I I always harp on the education system. No. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Every now and then. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to get you, but I'm actually going to say about the education (laughs) system is actually good. Oh no. (laughs) Is this about to be a real backhanded compliment, Brandon? No, it's not actually. This is actually the one thing that our education system does really well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) industrial, right. Can, can about like get a worker to basically be like a machine and kind of do repetitive Mm -hmm. actions. Yeah. Well, that's what I had to do today. And you know, I can thank the education system because really like when you have to do a lot of repetitive actions, you kind of start to, when you have to do the same thing over and over again, you kind of start to refine and get better. Right. You know, it's so like today, um, you know, I was responsible for like building our, Or marketing pictures and stuff and putting the text on the picture and framing it and whatever. Yeah. But I basically got into a system and kind of a flow. And then after a while, it actually kind of became fun, even though it was kind of this almost repetitive action, because I had a system. So there wasn't that much like brain work. And in a way, like I could kind of connect to the value that we're building. So, you know, I think like, Um, that's an important skill to have. You know, it's an important skill to be able to kind of figure out a system, make things repetitive. Because I think like as an artist, you're always trying to create something new and do it differently. Mm -hmm. But as an industrialist, you're trying to actually create a system that you can replicate over and over and over again. And school kind of teaches us how to be industrialists. And today I feel like I kind of benefited from that model. Right. Yeah. But that's like the first time.
1: Yeah. It does feel mildly like a backhanded compliment. It's like, (laughs) it's like, no, it's, it's, it's useful because it did (laughs) help teach me to be a monotonous robot and perform menial tasks. You
0: you said it probably a little more direct. (laughs) But no, I mean, you know, we we had a kind of some discoveries on the last podcast about an industry and industry has, it's trying to provide a service ultimately, Mm -hmm. a consistent one.
1: Um, For an audience. Yeah. And I think as
0: an artist, it can be pretty boring because you're usually doing the same stuff over and over again. I mean, how many people on the other side of this podcast, like, I mean, there's this rare few, but really liked doing their math equations. And you just do the same math equation over and over and over, just different numbers, but same equation, same thing until you get it and memorize it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a very industrialized kind of model of learning, you know, and, um, you know, basically you learn the pattern and then you, you know, the numbers change, but you do the same thing kind of over and over again. And then you might change the equation and then you do that over and over again. And if you want to be good at math, that's really what you have to do. But math, um, you know, is not like I think as artists, we can all learn from the industrial side of things. I don't think it's optimal for like, you know, cause I think robots can do a lot of that stuff now, but sometimes I think we have to do repetitive stuff. I think we have to, you know, do certain things and not have to think so much about all the little details. Yeah.
1: And sometimes there's, I find that there's also, there can be kind of a grounding aspect of, of doing that kind of work. Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, as you know, they would say back in the day or whatever, it's like builds character, yeah. right? And it kind of, it can somewhat build character. I mean, that doesn't mean that that's just what you continue to do, but every now and then, like we're saying, you have days where that's just sort of what's been thrust upon you. You kind of got to, you kind of got to struggle through something a little bit, or you've got to change direction. You've got to shift your focus, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, the, in martial arts, they always say, work with the, with the forces that are being thrown at you. Yeah. You know, don't try and, and fight against them, use them. And I think that, you know, we can use some of the same things in our own practices as, as artists where it's okay, well, this does not seem to be the way things want to move for me. So, all right, well, I can do this instead. And maybe it doesn't feel like I'm making the biggest strides. Maybe it doesn't feel like I'm making, I'm making the earth move with (laughs) the types of things that I'm, I'm producing. But I think that there's a, there's a quality and, you know, a kind of soulfulness in the
0: little seemingly trivial details of life. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about when it's a slog and a struggle. And I think when you're, when you're fighting against your environment and you're trying to like, you know, there's like all my, and I'm sure yours, but all my control strategies were just challenged today. Like everything I was trying to like do, like the, the, you know, I couldn't do the podcast. Well, I wasn't willing to do the podcast when it, when it came, you know, time. Um, you know, I was trying to do certain things on technology. Technology wasn't working with those systems, so I was like, okay, well, you know, and it was and it was fighting and fighting and fighting and there was a certain point where it's like, okay, you know, like and I, I just like took a moment and I'm like, okay, like, I'm not gonna fight this anymore because it's I'm not getting anywhere. Like I literally I remember like there was a point where we had worked for half an hour and I think I got nothing done. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually think there was any progress made, but I think troubleshooting, (laughs) you know, I think it's interesting because, you know, it's kind of go with the flow, but it's not really go with the flow because I I think go with the flow is like, okay, well, things are just hard. So I'm not going to do that. I think it's kind of like being honest, like, okay, well right now things are not working and, and I'm looking at, okay, well, what can I do with this? based on the fact that things are not working. You know, but not not go with the flow in the sense that this is hard. I'm gonna do something that's more comfortable. Yeah. You know, because sometimes I think you gotta push through when it's hard. But sometimes yeah. sometimes it's just that, you know, things are just not working the way that you you know you want. And you know, if we don't control some some things, like we don't control other people. We don't always control the environment around us. And, um, you know, we don't always, um, you know, certain things just like technology, like one of the websites, one of the things that I was trying to use was just down today. Yeah. It was just done. They, and, and there's like no access today. And it's like, we're just, we have to do repairs and it's like, okay, well that's just kind of how it has to go, I guess, you know? yeah And so, you know, I could kind of bitch and moan about it or I could go, okay, well that's not really an option right now. What is an option? Cause the other thing too, is we just launched the podcast. There's so much to do. And be even beyond the podcast, but it's like, kind of like, well, what are, what are we going to work on? You know? And maybe today there was actually like a, the task that I focused on was something that I've been kind of like making a low priority, but now I was like, okay, got it done today because that's, you know, out of all the options I had, that was like probably the next top priority that was actually doable Yeah. based on the circumstances. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And for my for myself too, I was just working on on stuff. And like, this has to be done at some point, Yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I can start doing some more of it now, or I can do it later, but here we are, right. i in the situation that we have.
0: And, um, well, what do you think about like, you know, cause it's kind of practical, like what we're doing, what we were doing today was just kind of repetitive, practical stuff, but you know, when uh, you think about Meisner, it's repetition, right? It's kind of practical. I mean, and yeah, you kind of discover different things, but you're kind of doing the same thing over and over, you you know, in certain ways. I mean, you're repeating, 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 repeating. And I think like, you know, I think I remember when I did your workshop, people would kind of get bored of the repetition or they'd be like, I don't want to repeat or whatever, but you could see that if you just kind of kept with it, something more would come out of it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, it, you know, I think the mistake is to look at the repetition as though it's the same thing, you know, and I'm thinking about today and I'm like, although I was doing a lot of repetitive actions, there was a refinement in myself, in my way of thinking about getting it done. I don't know yeah. how it's going to translate into my life, but I did feel a lot more competent Yeah. in those areas at least.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we don't always know how these things ultimately end up serving us. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's so much that we're not fully aware of how things impact us and, and where that, where we've benefited from these experiences and these struggles that we have. Um, but yeah, as to, to put this into another, another term. I, as you were talking, I, I just thought like, yeah, I remember, I remember when I was, uh, doing my Meisner training And we were at a certain place where we had, we were performing these monologues, right? And we were performing them uh, as sort of a means to develop like a a personal connection. And we also had to come in to this, like into like the sort of the scene or the monologue, which we're performing in front of, you know, the entire class. And we had to have like, a real rich sort of emotional life going on, like a really well prepared, you know, emotional preparation before we came in. Sure. And so before I came in to do this monologue, I'm, I'm outside, you know, in the hallway that leads out onto the stage, get it. And everyone's waiting for me, right? <laughs> everyone's waiting and I'm out in the hallway and I'm just, And I'm trying to get myself like into this thing because I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna get myself just like riled up. Like I want (laughs) to get myself like into this sort of anger space. And because I I had sort of done it already before because we'd done this a few times already. And I'm out there, and it's just not happening. Like it's just not happening for me for some reason. I was like come on. Like, <laughs> like, this is not, I need more than this. Like yeah. I need to to have, have a fuller thing happening. And I, and I ended up rushing and I, I was like, Oh, screw it. Like I, I just went in and, um, and I got stopped a little ways into it because I was just so disconnected. I was just thinking about how, like, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not blah, blah, blah. So the teacher said, like, well, It doesn't matter. Give yourself the time that you need. Like this is a class. This is what this is for, right? Take the time that you need. So he sent me back out, and there I am, just like, like fucking pounding my fists. Like in terms of
0: emotionally Uh, constipated. uh, (laughs) Oh
1: yeah, just like I'm like, (laughs) oh, this is not like this is not. I'm not finding this connection that I'd found before, and I was looking to, to. sort of recreate this thing, which, you know, that's almost like a whole nother conversation. Yeah. But I'm in there and then I just finally had this, this thing hit me where I went, <laughs> I I don't have it. I've, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. Right. And I'm like, screw it. This is it. Yeah. This is it. So I went out with that as nice. being the thing that was like kind of underneath the monologue and it had a completely different, like a completely different feel, but it was still somehow, it still somehow worked. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause everyone was like, instead of me trying to like bring all this, so, this idea of fire and brimstone of like what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. instead it became something else entirely that, you know, was, actually a lot more beneficial than what my initial intention
0: was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's a good story. I mean, that's, I mean, it happens so much in life. You know, it's like you go into a conversation, you go into an audition, you go into an investor meeting, you go into whatever, and you have this plan of what you're going to do, what you're going to say, how it's going to go, how it's going to be. And, you know, it it just totally can go off the, off the, off the way, you know, and you just like, you don't know. Right. And and I think the thing is, is, you know, kind of the lesson I think that we're kind of getting today and same with your story is that you kind of got to just get honest at a certain point of like where yeah. you're really at. Like, I think where things Completely. changed for me today was I was just, I was really pissed off and I was really tired and I was really just frustrated. And I just started owning that. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I don't want to fucking work right now. And yeah. I, and I'm angry and I'm tired and I'm, sick of being sick right now. I'm just, you know, and then once I started actually like honoring that feeling, instead of trying to like, you know, fight it and like show up and slog through it, it became less of a slog. And and actually I would say like, it was a, the turning point for me today with all our work was really just once I accepted where I was at and I didn't like where yeah. I was at. It wasn't where I wanted to be. And I didn't want to be tired and I didn't want to be angry, but in a weird way, once I kind of accepted it and admitted it, then I could just kind of deal with it from there. And eventually it kind of evolved and changed. But I think what I was trying to do in the beginning of the day was just like, don't get frustrated, just suck it up, you know, find the energy, you know, and I kept trying to like kind of change my state and do all this stuff. And it's just like, it wasn't working, you know? And then of course the environment was like agitating me even more. And so then it was like, okay, you know what? Like, and you know, I, I, I get the value in Tony Robbins you know, like ESP and all these other, um, you know, success programs, they talk about changing your state and I agree. I think that's really important, but I also think, um, maybe I'm not strong enough at just changing my state just in this moment right now. So what am I going to do? I kind of got to accept that my state is where it is right now and then move forward Mm -hmm. because like, you know, I think sometimes it's like, like you, before you're seeing, you're trying to get that state, but it's like, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, it's not happening. Yeah. So you work with what you got. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing. I think the it, slog is so much about fighting with, fighting with yourself and not just being like, okay, I'm going to work with this. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I absolutely, I think you, you nailed, you nailed it on the head right there. It's like, it's really like the first step is it is admitting,
0: yeah. right? Like
1: <laughs> I'm like, you've hit this spot and you're like, I'm struggling. And that's the thing we don't like to admit that we're struggling you know, it's, it's, it's within the very fabric of how we, we talk to each other on a very superficial level, like in, out in the world. It's like, Oh, how are you doing? I'm fine. Yeah. You know, I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm yeah. good. You know? And it's just like, we, we don't want to show that we're struggling. We don't want to show any of that sort of thing. We don't even want to show it to ourselves. We don't want to admit it. And it's, it's, it's actually an ego thing. I'm mm-hmm. realizing this whole thing of, of struggle. And I think sometimes it comes along and it gives us a it can give us a, like a little bit of humility and usually once yeah you you get to that thing through admitting you actually start to move out of it things start to become less of a struggle yeah and and you find you find yourself in a new kind of a headspace but those struggles are often great ways that help help us to learn and to lead you know into you know, just a different way of thinking. It's like, almost like a pattern disrupt yeah. for us, right? Where it's just like, something shit is just isn't working, right? And now yeah. it's like, you've got to, you got to kind of go through it a little bit.
0: Right? Yeah, some things, sometimes things just aren't fine. They aren't, they just aren't good, you know, and they're like, they are the way they are. And I, I think, um, you know, what I'm realizing right now as we're having this conversation is that it, it got me to being sick and, and the environment being the way it was got me to be a little more honest and got me to be a little more real. Yeah. Cause I think I put pressure on myself because, you know, you come all the way out here to do our podcast and, you know, you show up and, and we're supposed to do it and that's the plan. And then, you know, part of me is like, okay, well I got to make sure that I bring, you know, that like, you know, that, that I'm, I'm here cause I don't want you to waste your time. I don't, you know, and I, I think we got to get this thing done and, and putting all this like pressure on myself in a certain way. It's kind of like, You know, if we had to record at that time, then fine. You know, we do it. But you know, we we kind of worked around it. And I think what it gave me an opportunity to do was just be a little more honest with myself about where I'm at. Because I think I do that all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, like we talked about this on an earlier podcast. We're talking about the depression thing, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, um, you know, I had a lot of life changes over the last few years. And, uh, there's a period where I was definitely feeling depressed. And then while I was depressed, you go out to the world and you're like, yeah, no, I'm good. Things are good. Everything's great. How's your business going? Oh, things are wonderful. How's this thing? Oh, things are wonderful. Meanwhile, it's like, oh yeah, no, I'm actually in debt right now. And, uh, I'm, I'm broke and, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, uh, this person that I really was like, you know, in love with, like broke up with me and I feel really alone in my life. And I'm like, I don't know what yeah. to do. <laughs> you know what I mean, and it's like, you're not going to, you're not going to share that, but you know, it's kind of like, like, uh, um, there, I think there, I think part of transcending through these things is part of like, just going, okay, well, this is where I'm at right now. And it's okay. You know, the other thing too, I think for me today was just being like, it's okay that you're feeling sick and it's okay. You're frustrated. It's okay. You're tired. You know, it doesn't like, I think that's the other thing too, with like, with the school system. So I'm going to harp on it. It's <laughs> <Round> like, <two. laughs> but you, you know, you're, sh- you show up and you're expected to be a certain way, you know, and there's a certain kind of like, you're, you're treated a little bit like, you know, just, just do the job. And I think, um, certain teachers have a little bit more compassion and you don't want to be too soft on the students. You want to kind of hold them accountable and whatnot. But, um, you know, there's going to be days like they're not so good. Like, uh, you know, even like I think about screenwriting, there's some days where I'm writing and I'm in the zone and everything's going great. Yeah. And there's other days where I stare at the page and I'm like, everything I'm writing right now for whatever reason is shit. It's just terrible. Like, and and I don't know what to do about it, but like one thing I've learned about writing is you kind of like, like you almost don't even concern yourself with whether it's shit or whether it's good. Cause usually you don't know anyway, but you kind of just write.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
0: ultimately sometimes when you think it's good, it actually was shit. And when you think it's shit, it's actually good. Yeah. And sometimes when it's shit, it's shit. And sometimes when it's good. It's good. But you know, yeah. um, like what I'm kind of recognizing in this moment is part of the slog is not admitting where I'm really at and not being honest about it. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you know we're we're encouraged to be like that, like you're saying like in the school system, but also yeah. in in the the professional world. And I understand yeah. this to a degree, but you know there's also this stuff. like, oh well, you leave you know you leave the your personal stuff at home, like you leave it at you leave it at the door, yeah, which is i mean, yes, there is professionalism, but I also think that that's a kind of an unhealthy way of treating other people and expecting ourselves and other people to be. And that doesn't mean that, you know, everybody has to, you know, it just becomes exploding messes of, you know, where they're where they're at. But yeah, it's the more that you the more repression I think that we we've should have learned this enough now as a society <laughs> that what we repress ends up becoming something much more darker and much more powerful than if it was just admitted to right from the beginning. Yeah. And I think also like with, you know, when a lot of times when these, when we struggle with little things, sometimes they might, I would even argue that there are opportunities that have come along for us to let some shit out that we've maybe has been sitting there for a long time. And now we've hit some sort of little thing because that happens all the time. Some little thing just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. Or someone will just stub their toe or, you know, they'll, you open the fridge and something comes tumbling out and like and breaks or, or opens up or something. And it's just like, suddenly it's just turns into a cascade of rage and profanity, (laughs) right? Like over something so small. And it's like, I think there's a lot more going on there than what just happened. I mean, what just happened is not that big of a deal, but I think we're just so blocked off that we just, this shit kind of comes out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think also like, like the things that are leading up to something happening, you know, we don't pay attention on the, on the way there. Like it, you know to to make a more obvious example, just so I can express my point, is like mm-hmm. someone smokes their whole life and then they end up with lung cancer, you know, or you eat terrible your whole life and you end up with a heart problem or heart disease or something like that and it's like, well, the heart disease didn't just happen like that happened because many actions that were previous to that, right, and so today, all the moments leading up till today there was a lot of there's a lot of preparation. You know that led to this moment, to this point, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like. Um, well, heart problems have been attributed to stress. Well, sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is, I mean, well, I'm not saying that I have heart problems or no, that I no. have lung cancer. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no I'm, I'm just kind of expressing a point that yeah. when when we find ourselves in kind of a not so great situation it's, it's not so much to be like all upset at the moment, but to look at like, well, how did I even set this moment up, you know, so that I would be in this moment. So, you know, that I would do this because, you know, I think, um, I felt a little bit a victim and kind of at the mercy of everything, you know, as opposed to like looking at, okay, well, what did I do here? you know, I chose to do the podcast today, even though I knew I wasn't feeling great. I chose to do it at this studio location as opposed to another one. Um, you know, there's a lot of choices and decisions that I made that got us here. You know, I, uh, you know, certain things with the computer, like maybe I could have done that work previously or whatever. Um, why I had to do it then and why I put pressure on myself, all this stuff, I mean, all kind of contributed to all of that. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, I think, um, you know, I think we're always preparing. I think this is the thing. I think when things become a slog and a struggle, it's a sign of a lack of preparation or a lack of awareness as to what got you there. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're really well prepared, things tend to become pretty easy because you kind of got there and everything was taken care of. Right. Usually when things are a slog and a struggle, at least in my experience, it's usually because you were ill prepared, you know, and you, you're planning or you're, you know, you kind of just find yourself there, you know, Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, because if you think about it, I mean, nobody wants to, well, unless you're a glutton for punishment, nobody really wants to get themselves into a spot where they're struggling, slogging along, you know, everything feels difficult. No one wants to do that. Yeah. Yet we find ourselves in those places sometimes. And I think, you know, just like when you find yourself in a really great time in your life, <laughs> You set that up in a lot of ways, right? And when you find yourself in a not so great time, you kind of set that up too. But it's not like it all happened just today, you know. It was like something that, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, story that lined up to this moment. And so I think like part of it too is sometimes you're just gonna, you're not gonna be, you're gonna be ill prepared because you just, you know, like I'm not aware of everything that's going on. I'm not aware of all my patterns. I'm not aware of how I might be making mistakes or messing up, or some comfort I'm choosing today, and how how that's gonna I'm gonna have to pay for that later. Mm -hmm. I'm not always thinking about that, but I think when I find myself in that situation, you know what today's taught me is like, okay, accept that that's that's where things are at, and somehow I got myself here, as opposed to being like, oh, the world's working against me, and every like that's what it felt like. Yeah, it's like the world isn't really working against me. I mean, I I made a lot of decisions to get myself to this spot. You know, and that—that's kind of the—that's kind of yeah, where the in, shift kind of happens. Yeah, know? and in the, ways
1: that you're not necessarily even conscious of. Right. Exactly. Right. So th- there's not even necessarily anything, that, and I think this is where the problem comes in. Is that it's also it, it comes back to a lot of this like not being okay, struggling. Yeah. The very fact because there's a lot of judgment, you know, that we're putting on ourselves about <laughs> that, and it's like, well, you know, we're very ignorant about so much of our own behaviors and our own thought patterns. Right. And what I think I'm, one of the things I'm discovering in in this conversation is that, you know, these, sometimes these little struggles that we, we run into when things just aren't, don't seem to be going our way from the little to the big, I mean, they're, they're opportunities for us to, to actually come like in direct contact with what some of those things might be. Mm -hmm. So I think that, yeah, like instead of taking on, because it is, it's so easy when those scenarios happen, when nothing is working from, you know, I'm trying to, you know, write this extraordinarily pivotal scene in, you know, in my book or, or, chapter, what have you. And it's just not coming easily to, I'm trying to build a piece of Ikea furniture and (laughs) this like, and I, none of this makes any sense and it's not coming together. Yeah. Right. Like it brings us to something inside of ourselves. And I think that the learning thing that the, the best thing that we can do is is look for what what might be a little bit deeper underneath the surface of that. Mm-hmm. Because it, it it's easy to just be like, oh, why is this happening to me? Yeah. Right. Like that's where we tend to, to end up going. Why is this happening to me? Or man, I'm just such an idiot. Right. And now it's like, it's, and none of that is really serving us in any positive way. No. Right? Like we come up against the struggle and we can with a sense of curiosity and be like, okay, I'm struggling Like you said, first step. <laughs> yeah. Like you admit and it's like, okay, I'm struggling. Why am I struggling here? Like what is happening? Okay, this doesn't seem to be working. Okay, well why is it so important to get this all done right now? And why am I getting so upset about about this? Right? Like what what am I, what am I making this mean? Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's, that's a lot of it. Like it's what, what are you making the things mean? Very, I can't remember which this is coming back to me. This might've been a Dan Millman book. I've read so much of his (laughs) stuff, but, um, and if not, then, you know,
0: well,
1: it's still an idea that has been floating around our world for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I I think
0: I know what you're going to talk about. Yeah. But it's
1: like, it's, you know the things that happen in our lives are not so much about what is actually happening as is what we make them mean hmm. and when we're struggling we make it mean a lot of different things that are very personal and about
0: the world yeah you raise a really good point i mean you know it's funny like and i've definitely seen myself do that you know when when things in life are harder and and, um, making it mean something like, Oh, well maybe I'm just not good enough. Or maybe like, maybe the, maybe, you know, the world's against me or whatever, like all sorts of stories can start to kind of get constructed. Now I'm working with a client right now. It's really an interesting process because this happens to so many people, but when they have to write something, people will come up with all sorts of stories of why they're not, a, they're like, I'm just not a good writer. Or they'll be like, Oh, or English is my second language or blah, 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 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing I had with this person, I was like, well, you're writing something that no one is going to see. So you said English is your second language. I'm going to write it in your first language. What's the, like, that's not a, that doesn't make any sense. Just write it, write it in Spanish or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. And, uh, what's funny though, is like, I've done the same thing. Everybody does it. and, And they were very grateful once I kind of pointed it out to them. But that's the thing is like, we have these like really powerful brains that like make stuff up and i think that's what makes the struggle and the slog so hard is because once you start reinforcing this bullshit story with it then like then it starts like the struggle is real <laughs> 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 oh, you know then man. the struggle becomes real we were joking earlier today about this yeah. this character who's just always like the struggle's real, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just yeah, some yeah. downtrodden like, yeah. person about their life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we named him Gary and everybody's just like, shut up, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of the thing is like when you're in a slog, you're kind of like, it really feels like the struggle on the slog is real. But I think most of it is actually happening just inside of you. It's like Mm -hmm. you're making meaning out of stuff that doesn't actually have meaning. And you're, you're just making up a disempowering story to yourself. Yeah. And it's a complete ego trip. Yeah. It's an absolute ego trip. Oh, and that's the worst. When you like, when you, when you slight your own character to reinforce your, your story, like I'm just not very good at this or maybe I'll never be good enough. Yeah, It's like, that's all ego bullshit.
1: And for artists, that's a huge one. Like not being good enough is, is, you know, usual Let's, usual fare for an artist, right? And that's a huge part of of the struggle and the slog. And I think I don't remember where I heard this either, <laughs> but I think it went something like, "Whether you think you're good enough or not, you're right." Yeah. And it's so pretty much. it's really it, so and you know, and what it's really saying is like, it's your choice. You have a decision over it. If you think you're good enough, you're right. You're not. Yeah. Because if you think that, then you're not going to
0: do it. Yeah, You're you're just not going to do it anyhow. So it will just... Good, Good enough shouldn't even be an argument. You know, I think we should debunk this right now. Good enough compared to what? Like, first of all, like anyone out there who's ever said, am I good enough? I don't know if I'm good enough. Compared to what? And then let's just say you have that comparison. You really know what that is? Like, really? Honestly, have you gone and deep down investigated that and found out all the details? Like this whole made up good enough. I struggled with this for so many years Mm. and I just think it is such a poisonous idea. I just think our culture should just get rid of it entirely. Good enough. We're all good enough. You're all good enough. That's not even a question. Shouldn't even be asked. But the problem is, is people bring it into the equation. It's literally poison. It's poison either way. I'm not good enough. Now I'm not good enough. So I don't believe in myself and I'm constantly in doubt. I am good enough. What are you good enough? You're comparable to everybody or you're better than others. Like what good Mm -hmm. does good enough do for you? Nothing. You know, you might as well just take the thing that you're passionate about and you care about and put all your effort and energy and, and gusto into that and see what can become of it. But like, why even what is good enough? Like good enough. You're going to spend your whole life comparing yourself to other people yeah. or whatever. Like it's just, a, it's just a poisonous idea. I think we should take that whole thing from our culture and we should all like just get rid of it. Like mutually yeah. every human being should just say, you know what? You're a friggin' human being. You know what I mean? You're a human being. You won the lottery, the biological lottery of earth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And
1: I think <laughs> it's interesting too, I'm realizing that this whole thing of good enough too combines, you know, a lot of elements of, of past and future stuff too. Right. It's like, well, I'm not good enough because in in the past of what I've been able to do, just justification, then I'm also not good enough for the future because of, you know, um, because of my past. Right. And because of how I'm comparing myself to others and where I think others are going to go and, whatever. I mean, it's, and it's, it's an exhausting
0: process that gets you absolutely nowhere. Well, you know, what's even worse about the whole good enough thing is it's being fueled by things like Facebook and social media because people are only presenting their best self. They're walking around going, Oh, I just booked this role. Oh, I just sold this art piece. Oh, I just made this movie. Oh, blah, blah, blah. My life's so great. I just got married. I just got engaged all this. And everybody sees that nobody just sees, um, I just, we just had the worst breakup of my entire life and I'm heartbroken and questioning whether I'll jump off a bridge or not. Nobody sees that message, right? But everybody sees the, we just got engaged. We just got married. I just found the love of my life message. And so what happens is on social media and all this stuff, you start getting this comparison of life to, Oh, everything looks wonderful for them, but my life's shit right now. But the thing Mm -hmm. is, is it's not like even any of those comparisons, they're like, you know, like it's just so. It doesn't matter, you know. And I, I, I think we're taught to compare ourselves. And here, I'm going to go back into it. The education system. <laughs> it taught us to compare ourselves with grades. What grade did you get? You know, how are you doing in school? This kid's, you know, this kid's an A student. This kid's yeah. a B student. And it's
1: like a measure of your worth.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, it does it. The thing is, is that that shit doesn't matter. No. Because I mean, I was, I was in a honor roll student all through high school. And I always, <laughs> I, and, and I struggled with self-worth to a huge degree, totally. just in like other ways. Right. It was just like, Oh, I'm kind of awkward around girls. I wish I was like a little more comfortable around, you know, <laughs> around girls. And it's just like, see, there's, everybody's there's always something, got, there's always something. That's yeah. the whole thing. And that's what you got to realize is that there's always something. Everybody's got their, their sort of their demons. Everybody's got their, their struggles that they're going through. Mm -hmm. And no, and once you start comparing, you know, how good or bad or whatever, how you fit within that to, in relation to other people, I don't know how much there is to gain from doing that.
0: No. And, you know, and I think we tell ourselves stories and we believe like, well, when I get this role or when I sell this art piece or when I make this hit song or when I date this person or get this job or whatever it is, right? We, we sell ourselves on the fact that once that happens, everything will be okay. And the thing is, is that partly we set up odds to get things that will basically, they have like very unlikelihood of happening. And then the other thing too, is when we get it, we actually delete that information that we even made that agreement to ourselves like we don't even acknowledge it. Like people will buy the, the Ferrari or the fast car, or they'll get the thing and then they'll be, they'll feel good for a moment, but then they'll eventually time will pass and they'll forget that, that they felt that way. And they'll, they'll forget that they made the agreement with themselves that once I get to this thing, everything will be good. Right. But now they just went, well, I have that. Actually what I need is I didn't realize it, but I don't just need the Ferrari. I actually also need the house and actually I don't just need the house, I need the million dollars in my bank account. Okay, and then once I have that, then I just need the award. Once I get the award, everything's good, Evan. I'm going to be totally good enough. Yeah. You know, and it's like good enough is kind of constantly getting you to like chase these things that don't actually matter. And the thing is this, yeah. I still think it's good to get the Ferrari and good to get the mansion and good to win the award, There's, but not yeah. not because they have anything to do with your self-worth, just because they're an expression of your excellence, you know, in the world but, but not because your excellence there, shows your worth, but because you just demonstrated that you could follow through. Yeah. yeah.
1: There are completely meaningless symbols unless you have established worth within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cause a Ferrari not going to give you a, a real lasting sense of worth in the world. No, And I want to like, maybe this is taking it back just a little bit, but I also wanted to say that I think that our honesty, like we're, we see people who are, they're always putting like, you know, the good things out there and it doesn't give us a completely rounded sense of our humanity and another person, you know, we're just looking like, Oh, everyone's so great. Nobody else is struggling. It's like everybody is struggling with something. And the thing is, is why I think again, this being able to admit to it is so important is because, and I mentioned this on our last podcast as well. Um, I'd watched this, uh, this Rob Bell talk that he gave and, and he said, he was talking about, you ask people about what the most pivotal moments in their lives were. They will talk about the times that they were down and out. They will talk about the times that they were struggling. Yeah right. And how something came out of it that was really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely true. It it is is completely true. And the thing is when you can admit to it and when you can own it, and when you can express that and share that, especially for us as artists, we have, we have mediums in which we can do that. But even on a personal level in our lives, when we can just be honest with ourselves and with others, um, about it, I find that it has this extraordinarily powerful effect of connecting us with other people. Mm-hmm. Like I remember years ago, I was out with some friends. We had, we'd gone out to see like a movie. It was, um, we went to see the big Lebowski cause they it, like it, they were like replaying it like in, in theater, they're doing like some, and we're like, Oh, we couldn't wait. And like, we planned the whole day around going to see the big Lebowski and the middle of the movie, one of our friends, got a phone call. It was like a massive family emergency. Mm. And we had to like, we had to go, we had to move, we had to like get to, you know, where we needed to be right away. And it was, yeah, it wasn't pleasant. Like it, you know, we were out having, having a good day, like having fun, having some laughs and this happened. Mm. Right. And nobody necessarily wanted it to happen, but it did. Right. And we just had to go into it and just be like, okay, this is just the situation. Right. And we'll just handle it. We'll just go into it and we'll figure it out. And the thing is, is that that was an experience that bonded us all together. It's like, it's like, we, we're tied to each other because of that. Yeah. Because of that happening because of that moment. Right. And it, it wasn't, great. But at the same time, it's like, it's those moments where you can get so connected to what's important.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's, you're right. I mean, I'm thinking about the slog and the struggle and like how there's so many gifts in it. I mean, um, not quite the same as your story, but uh, you know, I was in Hawaii and I was 18 and I was on my own, but I was with like friends or whatever. And they introduced me to some people. I didn't really know them that well, but they were all going camping. And they said, yeah, like, if you want to go, you can go ahead, go with them. And so, you know, it's super nice out and whatever. And we're going to go off somewhere on the island that I've never been. Sure. We had to hike down this big valley and carry all this stuff. And so we go out there and, you know, we're hanging out and we've kind of, we went swimming, you know, we're on this really nice beach and everything. It's out kind of in the middle of nowhere and on the island. And then, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, it's going to get into evening. We're thinking about setting up our stuff and like in Hawaii, sometimes like rain can just kind of come like trench, but we had like a torrential rainstorm that just kind of came over where we were and all of our stuff was going to get soaked. And so everybody just bonded together and we all built like this crazy, like design for a camp that kind of had cover and shelter. And we took like the tarps and things we had and, um, just, everything we had. And we made this like, almost like amazing little fort in the middle of the, you know, in the middle of this tropical little rainforest, right Mm -hmm. next to the beach. And, um, you know, all those people I'm still like friends with, but probably more because of that struggle that we went through. Like, (laughs) you know, because it was a really, like, I remember afterwards the, the closeness that we all kind of had after we had built the fort and kind of overcome the struggle, um, bonded us together. And I think it's, you know, I think if we don't face any adversity as human beings, we miss out on a lot of that opportunity. I mean, you know, fraternities were created because they realized that like, if men went to war together and they went through a really adverse situation together, they usually came out with a really close bond. Mm -hmm. And so fraternities, from what I understand, were based on the idea that if you put men through adversity, AKA hazing and things like that, that they'll have a bond together and you know, and, and, um, I think it's relatively true. Like when you face adversity with someone, you're actually bonded yeah. closer to them.
1: Not that I necessarily agree with, hazing. A, no. agreeing with no. hazing, but yeah, I can. Yeah.
0: yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like created adversity, but, um, you know, there's that other, often like, goes too far. Yeah. It often but, goes too far. I mean, some fraternities don't do it. They, they do uh, different types of diverse adversity, which isn't actually like, degrading to people. Yeah. But, um, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, is like the slog and the struggle, I think there's a lot of gifts in it, but because we're just taught to, to, to basically struggles bad, you know, that we just want to always avoid it. But I think struggle is often actually one of those things that actually is struggles bad, avoid it, numb yourself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But struggle is like, is what's going to kind of give you adversity and make you grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard too, because, you know, I think like we get attached to these goals and these things that we want. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was the hard part for me today is like we had agenda, we had goals that we were trying to accomplish, at least I did. And, um, and then I'm realizing that I wasn't going to be able to accomplish them or that they were going to be harder to accomplish was really, really frustrating is, you know, and, um, you know, one of the big lessons that I've been kind of it's been kind of hitting me over the head from every angle is, and we've talked about it before, but it's growth over goals and, you know, process over progress mm-hmm. and, and just understanding that you're building you, you're, you know, your world is a product of you, you know, not, not you are a product of your world, right? Cause if, and, and earlier today I was experiencing my world as though I was a product of it. As yeah. a, and then I think when things turned, my world became more of a product of me. It's like, okay, well, I'm, I am where I am. The world is where it is. But now what can I do from where I'm at, you know, as opposed to like trying to make everything different? Because I think, you know, at the same time, I mean, I don't control everything, you know, and, and as much as I want to, I know (laughs) that sounds silly, but just, I think people are always trying to control things they don't control. Like we don't control other people. We don't control the environment. Uh, we don't control the economy in and of ourselves, You know, we we have influences. Yeah. But often our influence started way before the moment we find ourselves in it. And, um, you know, and I think uh, it's all it's it's like preparation, you know, like, like, in certain ways, being not being mindful up until a moment, you find yourself in a moment where you're like, Oh, wow, you know, things aren't great right now. But like, how did I set all that up? You know, I set this moment up to not be so great. Yeah. Yeah. The slogging yeah. struggle, man. Yeah. But how are you liking this Great. beer?
1: I'm really liking it. It's, um, it's kind of a sip beer for yeah. me. Like it's like not something that you can just like really 7% alcohol. Ooh. Yeah. That would be a good, good, uh, starter for why that is.
0: Yeah. It's 33 acres. One of our favorites. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh and, yeah. No, uh, don't get me wrong. This is super tasty. It's just like, it's not a fast drinking beer.
0: No. Yeah. I, I'm in a I'm gonna say the 7% is part of the reason for that. Although super tasty, but yeah, just I'm I'm really enjoying it. But yeah, I'm drinking a little slower too. Um it's called the Centennial. The Fresh Hop Smash. Anyway, this one is uh (laughs) this one is um kind of one of their seasonals, so it's one of the new ones. We've never had it before. And um anyway, it's gonna be ending soon, so I don't know when they'll have it again. But uh yeah, I mean since this is one of their rare beers. Um, and if anyone ever has the luxury of going down to thirty-three acres and, and arriving when they do a centennial, fresh hop smash. <laughs> sub sub quote. Um, <laughs> what, what do you say? Do you recommend it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I don't know if I would drink like a like a whole pint of oh, this, no? you know, but it would be good for like a like a
0: sleeve, a nice like a smaller glass, and you definitely in a flight. I would drink a yeah. whole pint myself, but, um, I also find this is a little bit, it's like, if you like a little bit more of the bitter beer, I think a little bit, then this is something you really like. If yeah, you like no, more it's... of the sweeter kind of softer beer, then I don't know if this is necessarily the right fit. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's like, obviously it's like a little
1: hop forward as the title would, would suggest. <laughs> um, it's a hop but smash. It, it's, it's definitely, it's <laughs> not like an IPA or anything. Like it's no. not, that crazy it's a little bit um more mellower than an IPA yeah but no it's it's really great it's really great it's just not something that for myself personally I I could just drink tons and tons and tons of it in one sitting yeah but a glass of it is is beautiful
0: you know i'm just going to give a shout out to their belgian triple you remember oh. what that was called yeah the euphoria the euphoria that's that is my favorite beer. Like actually possibly even in the whole city. I just love that beer.
1: Like, it's been a long time. It's one
0: of my favorites too. Oh man. It's I mean, been a long time since it's I've of It's a dangerous one, those. one too. Yeah.
1: Cause that's like 8% or
0: something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Uh, it sneaks up on you cause you don't even notice that it has like the high alcohol content. Yeah. It's
1: just smooth, smooth yeah. as a baby's bottom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, (laughs) so the slog and the struggle, man, slog and the struggle. So I think what we're, we're kind of recognizing here is that it's one, I mean, the big thing is you got to be honest with where you're at and kind of, and, and accept and kind of like almost, it's almost like kind of go to AA for the moment, you know, and yeah, like, you know, and just admit like I'm frustrated I'm feeling down, I'm feeling this, I'm whatever. And like own that instead of like trying to make it wrong or bad or whatever. And then you can work from this place of truth as opposed to, you know, what I was trying to do earlier was just trying, just get your state up, man. Just feel better. Just find energy. Just, just do it. And it's like, and I was just kind of beating myself into trying to be better. Yeah. And, and, you know, I shouldn't feel this way. I should feel, you know, like, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I was doing earlier. And so I think the big lesson that I'm taking away from this is kind of in the slog and the struggle is go, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place now what I want to do with it, I can work with it, you know, but like, you know, and I, I don't like to necessarily give in to my state and just be like, okay, well, let's just go to sleep. Although sometimes I do, but, um, but like, there's this part of me that actually goes to sleep when I feel really kind of shitty, like when I feel down because I just don't want to feel it and sleeps away for me to just kind of, I'll just sleep and I'll wake up and then I'll feel better when I wake up because my yeah. state will have changed, you know? And so, um, I think sometimes that's okay, but sometimes yeah. I really don't like when I do that. So I just want to kind of like, just be okay with not feeling so great right now. Mhm. Yeah. You know, it's like, to me, it's, I'm, I'm going to take a
1: page out of your book, Brandon. I'm going to use an analogy. Oh
0: yes. I love the analogy. And
1: you know, it's like, you know, we want to feel like, you know, we're in the, you know, we're in the car and we're just like cruising down, down a hill, right? We're just like floating down there and you get hit with like this big, long ascent. Right. And you're climbing up there and you're not just, the engine's not just rolling smooth, like, you know, on a flat surface, you're moving up. It just means you got to shift a gear. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yes, I know you want it wide open in like fifth or sixth. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately you're going to have to throw it down into second. Yeah you know, and, and there's a value in that, right? Like you just, you just got to shift. You have to shift your gear, right? Is kind of what happens when you hit your struggle, shift your gear and you have to admit to it. It's like, okay, this is what it is. I've got this, this thing to, to climb. This is where I'm moving. And admitting it is the, is the first, is the first place. Cause if you're trying to climb that hill and you're up in sixth, like you're it's making it, work. yeah. And you're making it harder on yourself. Yeah. It's not, it's just not going to work. Switch down your gear, enter a new sort of mind frame, acknowledge where you're at. And then I think at, because we're not vehicles, let's make this more human. It again. could
0: even be like a bike, yeah.
1: like, you know, in your, yeah, biking, yeah, you know, yeah. You're trying to Absolutely. pedal up a hill.
0: It's like a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Completely. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like switch your gear, make it a little easier on yourself. Yeah. Realize that it's like, okay, this isn't going to go as fast as I thought it was going to. Totally. Right. But here we are. And then we can also take the opportunity because again, we are humans. We're not, you know, mechanical devices. Um, we can start to also look at those struggles and in some ways we can learn to welcome them in a way. Hmm. This is what I'm, I'm getting a lot from this conversation is that we can look at the, we can welcome these struggles that we're faced, that we're faced with as a means of our growth, Mm -hmm. as a means of saying like, okay, this thing that I'm struggling with, like, I'm going to go on a limb here with a theory and say that, what you're struggling with is not the real thing that you're struggling with. Whatever it is that you think, you think it's this, like, you know, this piece of technology that is causing you this frustration. It's not. Yeah. It's something else entirely. It's probably internal. It's probably something completely internal. Like, and it might be something that has been building up for a long time in you. And that is now maybe getting a chance to have a voice. Um, just through this weird little thing that might be happening. Um, And when you can admit to it and you can look at it as like, okay, what, what is this, what is this showing me? What am, what can I, what can I take from this? Right. And now it becomes an extraordinary opportunity for us to know ourselves better and to I don't know, just to know ourselves better and to, and to function better to yeah, no, all sorts of things. I can't even possibly fathom where, what it might do. But when we have, when we have the understanding that we can learn something from our struggle, it doesn't have to be as big of a struggle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You bring up a good point. I mean, you know, I think part of the struggle of struggling is that we punish ourselves while we're struggling. Yeah. We beat ourselves up. We make it wrong. We make it bad. We make ourselves bad. You know, I mean, I don't know what everyone else does, but I, I I think it's pretty common. I think that's what we do. And then the The
1: shoulds come out, the shoulds, the shoulds come out big time. I should
0: be doing this right now. I
1: should know how to do this. This
0: shouldn't be doing doing this. this better. I shouldn't have made that mistake, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally, and it's just like... The should game is just like... The should game is a shit game, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like that. I like that. It's true, because I think that's like like that we need to stop the shoulds, uh, you know? Um, and I think that's part of the problem with our education model too. And I'm kind of going to bring it back again. Evan. <laughs> oh my God. Oh it's my like God. It's third third just like, it's, like, it's going to be a now. TKO right now. This one, this one is going down <laughs> man. it's going down. But the thing is, is the, the, so much of the education model for most people is uh, based on uh, punishment. It's just based on you screwed up and like, now you get to be punished. And it's like, as opposed to like upholding the value, I was having a talk with a friend actually earlier this morning about that and how a lot of systems are set up just to punish you as opposed to going like, and like helping you like actually improve and teach you to be better. Like punishment is basically the model of like, well, let's just beat it out of them. You know, let's yeah. make them scared so that they just do the right thing. And then what ends up happening is you get a bunch of like rule followers and people who are like, you know how many people are just scared to offend somebody? Fucking yeah. offend them, you know, like, like get over it. You know, what happened was you were taught that, and and it was ingrained into you, like, a, like it was burned mm-hmm. into you with like a, you know, and, and, they, and, they, and, it, and it's not good. And it was burned into people that if you offend somebody or you upset somebody, that it's bad, that like, you know, you deserve punishment or whatever, you know, all sorts of weird things around all of that. And like, I think we need to stop going through the world and punishing ourselves. And we need to just start being honest and being like, okay, well, I'm not so good at that yet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not good at it yet. I haven't practiced it enough. I haven't, I haven't made enough errors. You know, there's that saying, they say, uh, the master has failed more times than the amateur has ever tried or the student has ever tried or something like that. And that's really the difference. I mean, you, you know, like you got to go out in the world and just, and, and try stuff out and you start finding out what doesn't work. And then you actually build confidence because when Mm -hmm. you know what doesn't work, you start to like deductively go, okay, this does work, you know? And you, you understand the value of when you actually figure out something that works, right? But like, if you only know what, what um, theory works, but you've never actually failed. You're like, well, I only do this. Cause if I try anything else, like it could not work. Right. But you know what? a big problem with the way people are educated, in my opinion, is they they're educated from someone who actually teaches them a not so good way to do stuff, mm-hmm. but it's the only way they know. So they do that. And, and there's actually a way better way to do it because the student is so unwilling to fail because they're so scared of the yeah. downside of it. And there's, and
1: yeah. there's a subconscious behavior in there as well, which I think is almost even deadlier. Um, there are something, and this I know was from Dan Millman. Okay. <laughs> from his book, Everyday Enlightenment. Dan Millman. Yeah. And he was actually a, he was actually a, from the chapter. Uh, I think that was about self-worth. Okay. And, um, just again, this whole thing of punishment, mm. right. That you were saying, this is what made me think of it. Um, and in, in his book, he was, he's saying that, you know, we are taught from a very early age that we are punished for our mistakes right? And and for where we screw up And, um, and for the things that we do wrong. But the thing is like that for whatever reason, you know, how this happens, we, there are moments where we do things that might be wrong or might be mistakes and there's nobody there to punish us, right? Nobody whether somebody saw it and just decided, oh, it wasn't a big deal or they're too lazy to do something about it or whatever. Like, you know, people are, there's an inconsistency, but the point is to do this in the long winded way, I guess. Um, the point that he was making is that there was always one person who is aware of all of the sort of quote unquote wrong things that you did and that's you. Hmm. And so we actually punish ourselves for our wrongdoings that nobody ever, that nobody ever punished us for.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. I mean, (laughs) just this morning I was actually beating myself up about something that I did this like last summer and I was like, (laughs) I was like, and I caught myself. I was in the shower. It was like the first thing in the morning and I was already beating myself up. And I was like, <laughs> Jeez, I what was, a day, brother. No, I know. Day. Seriously. Right. And, um, and uh, I caught myself doing it. and I'm like, what? Like you did the best you could at the moment, man. Like, and I, I literally said that to myself. I'm like, like you're acting. And I said this to myself, you're acting like you knew better then. Like now, you know, better but at the time you made an honest mistake. Like you honestly just didn't know better. And like, it turned out to not work out, but then you like, and I was like, I was like, give yourself a break. I was like, (laughs) and I literally was having this conversation with myself in the shower as I was like getting ready to go for the day. And I was like, what an interesting thing. But like I caught myself, but I could just imagine, I mean, I must do that all the time. Like I must oh, just yeah. like beat yeah, myself completely. up. Myself. It's, yeah.
1: it's running underneath the surface all the time for so many. us. like this thing about being perfect. You know, mm-hmm. we talked about that in the last podcast, I think too. Yeah. But you know, these expectations that we put on ourselves to be, you know, to, to never make a mistake, you know, and it's just not possible. I mean, we're, we're constantly learning. We are constantly making mistakes and, you we don't make the process any easier as we become, you know, human beings really right in this world by, by just crapping on ourselves all the time while we're doing it. Right. It's like, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. We are going to have struggles. And I think it's, and it's not about finding the path of least resistance, but it is about, I think just it is, it's about being honest with ourselves mm-hmm. about ourselves and about our world. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's interesting cause like, I mean, this is, and this has been a kind of an ongoing theme for a lot of our podcasts over the last while, I think, but this whole thing about perfectionism and has been, a, a, something that I've been battling with within myself because there's areas in my life where I'm like, okay, I am where I am but there's other areas in my life where I expect myself to be perfect. I expect myself to not make a mistake and to do it absolutely to a T perfect. And, um, I remember I was thinking about this, uh, because basically the lesson that kind of keeps kind of, I keep learning in all these areas of my life is go after excellence or greatness or, you know, the best you can do, but don't go after perfection because perfection has this once you attain it, all you can do is lose. There is no win after that. It's mm-hmm. like you basically, and, and the longer you're in this quote unquote area of perfection, which is bullshit anyway, but when you're in there, the more you have to lose.
1: Yeah. And then it becomes more fearful think, and more, you know, well, it's like, I think the problem is like when we try to sustain this thing of perfection, yeah. you know, we can, I think we can sort of have moments of perfection that occur when we are, when we are just fully engaged in the present. Yeah. I think that's when those things happen. Like to, man, I'm going to throw another analogy out there. Do it, man. We're going to do it. I'm <laughs> going to take your role <laughs> What's today. What's going
0: on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm going to use a sports analogy. Nice. You know, and, and I'm going to use hockey just because I'm Canadian and that's only <laughs> like hockey, but, but it's a, <laughs> it's a great sport. Yeah. Um, But you know, it's like I think about the greatest players who ever played the game, and you know, you think of somebody like right now, like Sidney Crosby or Wayne Gretzky in the past, or you know, what have you. You know, these are these are people who have spent like thousands of hours playing this game, working and honing on all of their skills. Like I, I've always been a fan of the wrist shot. Wrist shot is, is my favorite shot in <laughs> in hockey, you know, because it's like, it's a finesse thing, mm. right? Like it's an absolute finesse thing. You pick your spot and you put it there. And the thing is, is that Wayne Gretzky and Sidney Crosby had plenty of moments in their career to pick that spot where they took that shot and you know what it glanced off the post or they just put it a little too high a little bit too far to the side while they were trying to take that corner of the net Mm. right even though they practiced that for so long throughout their lives they don't get them all the time no. Right? They, they're... Most of them, they don't. Most of them, they don't. People but, don't realize that. But the thing is, is that one of them is known as being the best player in the game right now. And the other one is simply known as the great one. Yeah. And they didn't make all of their shots. They didn't, they weren't perfect. They weren't perfect, but man, were they excellent. They were fucking excellent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or no, yeah, in Crosby's good, case. It's a good example. I mean, you know, I think when we look at great athletes we so often focus on the shots they make and those moments and stuff like that and the stats they put up but we don't we don't notice and think about all the times where they missed you know um and i think the thing about sports is an interesting thing like you know um y- there's times where you notice where people miss and things are made mistakes right but for the most part we're always focused on those goals we're focused on the moments mm-hmm. where things worked and the reason why those goals are so um, important and memorable is because there's so many misses that happen before the goal ever occurs, right? Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, like there's on an average in a, in a hockey game, it's like about at least the a goalie saves at least 26 to 36 shots on an average. I think that's the average per hockey game, a 60-minute right. hockey game, right? So um, out of all the shots that are taken, how many goals are in the game? Like yeah. maybe, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe, maybe, right? maybe <laughs> like on a really high scoring game. Yeah. So you think about the odds, like look at the average of that, right? Like, you know, it's it like one in four, one in five, one in six, you know, one in seven even that go in. So, you know, or if you look, you look at, at, at life a... though, life's like that, you know, and, and that's actually, at had a turning point in my sports career where I realized if you don't take the shot, you'll never score. And I realized that like, I'm going to miss a lot of the time. The goalie's going to save it. My team's going to get mad at me. I could it on the pass, but once I started doing that, I actually started scoring. And what's really interesting is I remember, uh, I actually had a year where I became the top goal scorer in my, in my league. And before that, the biggest reason why I, I, I would have never been the top goal scorer is because I was just never willing to take the shot. I always laid it off mm. and I always passed it because I was always worried about like, I didn't want to upset my team. I didn't want to make a mistake. Once I going to let go of that all of a sudden? And, and granted, I probably missed a lot more shots, but when it ends up happening, it's weird. Once you start becoming the top goal scorer, people just notice when you score Yeah, and they expect you to score. You know, when you, when you, when you get an opportunity, um, it's just, you're expected to in in a certain way. It's, it's the whole relationship changes. I think people need to kind of model sports in a way because sports, if you really look at it, you start to see like, there's like, the results we're going for, like we fail like seven or six times out of like this one success. And then it's like, and I mean, usually the odds are better than that actually, you know? And it's funny because like, we're just so conditioned to like avoid failure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It's, it's, you know, it's something I've been working on a lot in my life, like in all areas. And it's, it's, it's funny because like, there's still areas in my life where I really beat myself up for making making like making a fail or whatever, but it's like, you know, there's lots of little things you're going to do. They're not going to work out quite right. Yeah. But, it, but I think if you keep doing it, it's a game of numbers. Eventually you're going to, it's going to work. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. You just got to keep taking those shots. Right. Mm.
0: And that's I, the slog and the struggle. You
1: yeah. Know?
0: There's a slog in the struggle is I, you know, I keep doing this thing over and over and it's not working out and it's kind of like, well, just keep doing it, you know? but don't beat yourself up about it not working out. Just understand that every no or everything that didn't work is, is a little bit closer to something that will. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I also wanted to add on into this analogy as well, because sometimes people do focus on the mistakes and to like, yeah, throw on like to, to keep this in the hockey thing. One place where the mistakes are, are looked at is the goaltender. Right. Yeah. If you think about that, like the last the last resort of defense basically right. is that person in the game. And you know, I've often heard people just like berate goalies like, Oh, they like, you know, they should have had this one. Like they should have stopped that. Like there was whatever. And, and now that they're this giant piece of garbage who, you know, blew the whole <laughs> series or, or something. Right. Yeah, And they forget that it's like, yeah, but do you remember that they were pretty much the only reason why they were there in the first place? Yeah. You know, it's like, but we can focus on on the bad. And you look at the best goaltenders in hockey, it's like their safe percentage is like usually point nine Six, One right? nine, yeah, yeah. something like and and up, but like yeah. usually 0.91, yeah, 0.91 and, up, and it's like,
0: like it is, you yeah. know,
1: and if you're not a
0: eight point eight six, if, if you're like on the lower end, yeah, I think it's like, but like, I
1: mean, if you're and to put that into perspective, if you're not like a you know a follower of that sort of thing, that basically means that they save like nine out of 10 over, over yeah a little over, over over nine out of ten shots that they face, yeah which is from
0: the best players in the world, From the best players in the world. Yeah.
1: it's extraordinary. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I've been, I've been, I've played, you know, hockey. I mean, I played pretty seriously, but I've watched guys who are not even anywhere near NHL and I've watched them put in goals like on goalies and, and the goalies just like has not, not even a hope, you know, when, when players start connecting passes and putting it together. And if they don't have uh, a team, like if that goalie doesn't have a team in front of him or her, that is actually yeah. like, can, can help them out. I mean, they have no chance whatsoever because really great players, like players that have really worked the game. I mean, they can do things that y- oh, you wouldn't yeah. even believe, you know? And I think, you know, it's interesting, uh, like, um, uh, Danny Heatley or whatever, who's mm-hmm. a pretty top player, right? Yeah, yeah. He came uh, and played, um, with, that, you know, basically he, and he apparently wasn't even really trying, but they were just like, his ability compared to everyone else, like, and they were good players, but it's just like night and day. And the yeah. thing is, is when you see like an NHL player compared to another NHL player, you don't really see the difference, but when you see them next to someone who's not at that level, you really see how good they actually are. And to think that like someone like Sidney Crosby or, or someone like that, who can just kind of dance around the best people in the world, like that's another, like, it's beyond what like the best in the world are doing. It's yeah. like, wild. Right. So it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. But I mean, I think the thing is, is like, you know, you look at Sidney Crosby, you mentioned Sidney Crosby, you mentioned Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize this Wayne Gretzky, apparently he used to watch um, hockey games and he would take a map of a rank and he would outline where the puck went all through the game. And then he would figure out based on his marks that this is where the puck usually ends up in the game. And people used to always say like, uh, well, Gretzky said, you know, I go where the puck's going to be, not where Yeah, his dad taught him that. Right. Yeah. But he learned where to go. Like he, he, he actually broke down and watched hockey games enough so that he just had in his mind, the puck's going to go there because he had a, he had a overcasting assessment of the game. I mean, how many players do that? Yeah. Most don't, I, I can tell you most don't. And, um, you know, and, and there's probably very few people who do that, but he was doing that before anyone was even thinking of doing that. Now people might do it, but like he was doing it before that, right? So like the reason why people are great is they, they just expect excellence and they go and they do the work that makes it possible. And I think there's probably a lot of players that have probably put in work, but maybe they never, you know, maybe they were in their own way or whatever. And I think that goes for artists, it goes for anybody, but I think ultimately it's not about being good enough. It's not about being perfect. It's about just taking initiative, applying yourself and showing up when everyone else doesn't show up. You know, I think that's the best you can really do, Mm -hmm. you know, because today, I mean, like we could have, I could have very easily said, you know what, Evan, let's just call it off. Let's call it a day. I'm going to go to sleep, (laughs) you know, whatever. I I actually thought about that at one point. But then I was like, no, nah, let's just, let's hang in there. Let's see what happens. And you know what? We got a lot done. We're actually doing a podcast. Works up. And it's been a pretty decent one. I think. Yeah. I think it's been a good one. I think people will actually benefit a lot yeah. from this. I've benefited. So to wrap this all up,
1: wrap it up. I and mean, we talked about some sports for a bit there at the end, but you know, I'm going to throw this sort of this back and it's, um, I don't know. I think I, we've already covered this a few ways over <laughs> <laughs> in this one, but yeah. I mean, when, when you're in that struggle, like admit to yourself that you're struggling, um, look for what the thing might be that you're really actually struggling with underneath it all. Um, yeah. cause it's probably not what, it's not most likely the thing that you're actually is right in front of you. Um, yeah, I don't know. And, well, and, and realize, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a shift in gear. Like you've got, yeah. like, you've just got to admit, admit to it that you're struggling and, um, and maybe change your expectations a little bit as to what is supposed to happen. What quote unquote should happen. You know, when, when that when you're faced with that, quit shooting on yourself, quit shooting on yourself. (laughs) I love that. That's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm going to keep that.
0: That wasn't mine. (laughs) I got it from somewhere. I don't remember where, but yeah, don't shit on yourself. Um, you know, I was going to, th- I, I like your analogy of the gear shifting and like going up a hill. And yeah, I think you, I think you got to be a little bit more, um, you know, sometimes you're going to be in a, in a grind. Sometimes you're going to be in a, you're slogging along and it's difficult and it's struggle. And I think you got to like, don't, don't live by expectation, live by, okay, right now, am I honestly doing the best that I can possibly do right now? And that's really, you know, and, and your results might be kind of shitty, you know, they may not be that great. They may be minimal. They may almost be, seem like nothing. But I think the thing is, is that, you know, it's kind of like, like I've been in a marathon, like a triathlon actually before. And, uh, you know, you get to some points in a triathlon, and I, you know, where you're just like thinking, man, like, I don't even like, I remember when I got to the running point, this is after swimming and after biking and you get off the bike and my hamstrings were so tight. I could barely even run. I was like, Oh my God, I don't even know if I can continue the race. I never experienced anything like this, but it was like, just kind of keep going. Let's just see. Let's just kind of keep going. And like, I was, I was like almost like a hobble. It was so slow, but eventually my, after a while, my hamstrings kind of loosened up and I could run, I could jog. Um, and, um, apparently afterwards I, I found out that, and I didn't realize this, but that after the biking, your hamstrings, get really tight. And so a lot of triathlon or triathletes or whatever, they basically, they train for that transition. And I think in life, we run into those types of transitions all the time where we're not prepared for them. We've never experienced it before. We don't, we don't know what's happening. And we're like, man, I don't know if I can do what I need to do right now. And I think all you can really do is just kind of keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, people were passing me. I was running super slow. And by the way, like running was my thing. I was like, I'm going to kill it in running because right. I'm not a biker and I'm not a swimmer, but I'm, I played soccer my whole life and I'm a really great runner. <laughs> that was like the worst part of my triathlon. Cause by the time I got to <laughs> that, like I could barely move anymore. Right. Yeah. And actually funny enough, the thing I thought I'd do the worst at the swimming was one of the things I did the best at. So, you know, I thought I was going to drown halfway. I was like, I'm not even going to get past the swimming part of this track line. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, uh, so I think what, I think the thing is, is that we just got to keep moving forward Yeah. and that's the slog and that's the struggle and that's the grind. So I'm just yeah. saying, just
1: keep moving forward. And I'm going to throw one more Do it. Dan Millman thing in here because he <laughs> seems to be like, sl- he that really guy. just keeps on working in here. <laughs> but, uh, and I don't know if this was his, but it was something that he was in one of his books. And he said, um, when you're climbing a mountain, you can give up as many times as you want, as long as you keep putting one foot in
0: front of the other. Mm. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really all it is, man. I think that's it. You know, you, and, and Cause sometimes you're defeated. Sometimes yeah. you just
1: feel so defeated, but like, you know, like, man, does it show your character when yeah. you can just, you still keep, pushing. Yeah. You still keep plugging at it and it might feel slow and it might feel like you're not. Might even feel useless. Yeah. Might even feel useless. But eventually you find yourself looking back at how far you came.
0: Yeah. And being like, wow. Let me tag this with one last thing, please. And this is a lesson I learned when I was young. Is that anything you want is a game of numbers. And if you look at it as a game of numbers, you always get what you want. And if we looked at our life and our goals as a game of numbers, and let's just say like you knew you wanted to win an Oscar, but you knew it would take a million steps. You, If you knew it would take a million steps, like you could assess and go, okay, I can never take a million steps or whatever, whatever the distance is. But if you looked at it and go, how close could I get to making this thing possible? But if you knew there was a number, if you just had to do enough things. And so it's kind of like that. I think that's what we're basically drawing to at the end of the day. Sometimes it's going to be a a struggle, but you just kind of keep moving forward. Even if it's so incremental, it seems like it doesn't matter. It's getting you just a little bit closer. And then eventually, like everything, you know, like time always loses to persistence. It really just does. Right. And the thing is,
1: and just I love one, it. This is yours. Just one more this tag, baby. just one more tag, because yeah. I'm like, I, f- I think this is important. I can't believe we didn't cover this, but it's not always going to be a struggle, right? <laughs> you're just going to have, you're, you're going to have times that are struggles, but it's not always going to be that way. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah, probably the struggles are going to be probably pretty minimal. Really. Yeah. But we're going to notice them when they're there. That's yeah. But it,
1: And maybe even appreciate them a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Cool.